Hi, and welcome to another episode of Freight to the Point. I'm Marina Lenny, Zencargo's Director of Ocean Growth, and today we've invited Richard Fatal back on again to talk about what's happened in the ocean market in the past month and what we need to look out for, especially as we're headed towards Chinese New Year. Richard works very closely with the customers at Zencargo to get the best rates and transit times, as well as providing bespoke rate consultations. Hi, Richard. Welcome back. Hi, Marina. Thanks so much for having me on and Happy New Year. And to you and to you and all this exciting rate and shipping news to follow. In the last Ocean episode, we talked about levels of port congestion, both in Europe and in the US, having gone back to near pre-COVID levels and how the IMO regulations were affecting carrier behaviours. We also looked into Black Friday and data showing the fall in demand isn't as bad as we previously anticipated. So I thought this time we could talk a bit about what the things are that have happened in the last month and what you saw affect the market. Yeah, 100%. So I think, you know, the reality is it's certainly more of the same from a demand perspective. Chinese New Year is earlier this year and everyone is looking to really understand whether or not there's going to be a rush on cargo in advance of factories shutting down in China for the normal break. The news so far is that volumes continue to be at low levels. Um, CNBC reported manufacturing orders had fallen by 40% and the Chinese Manufacturers Purchasing Index registered 48 in November, which is uh, you know the lowest reading for some time. And with uh, Chinese factories getting ready to close up shop for uh, what is effectively quite an early Chinese New Year this time. And with factories planning to close a couple of weeks ahead of Chinese New Year, really looks like there isn't going to be that level of rush on cargo that you know people were maybe thinking might come, let's say, a couple of weeks back. The reality is that what we're seeing is is very much more of the same. Container trade statistic numbers from a US uh, reporting perspective continue to be low. And, you know, we've continued to see broadly, broad-based 20% reduction in cargo arriving in the US. I think the one thing that is, uh, let's say, new since we last spoke is that is that the rate and the extent of vessel capacity reductions that we see ahead and also potentially post-Chinese New Year. Uh, vessel capacity is being reduced by anywhere between 40 to 50%, uh, particularly uh, on the Ocean Alliance and the Alliance. And 2M of Maersk and MSC has suspended almost half of their US West Coast services uh, in December. So both on the Asia-Europe lane and on the Trans-Pacific, uh, you know, there are broad-based reductions in services. So what that means is booking space is broadly less challenging. You know, getting getting space on a service is a completely different picture, let's say, to earlier in 2022. But getting space on the right service or the service that gets you into your warehouse, uh, you know, into your destination market when you expect it or um, getting capacity on the alliance or the loop that you had anticipated might be more challenging because um, a sailing might be out of service or a port might be omitted. And so actually agility, again, becomes a, a really important ingredient in your in your supply chain arsenal, you know, when managing through this period. So I would say there's more of the same in terms of demand reduction, um, but there is a more notable reaction of the carriers to take out capacity. And that brings up the question of, you know, what will happen to the rate picture and what will happen going forward? So if you consider that demand has actually not decreased as dramatically as we thought, but yet slightly lower numbers, but then on the capacity side, if 
half, you're saying up to half of vessel capacity has been removed. I do wonder, and we'll talk about that later, on what sort of effect that has on rates and what your suggestion is for customers to be able to navigate that period where there's still less unknown on the operational side because we know about the blank sailings and we know that there's less congestion, but more on the front of how we should act knowing the, the parts that we do know of the puzzle. So those were quite a few findings that were in insights from December, and now we know Chinese New Year, etc. What are the latest insights on the ocean market that are coming for the next month? And what do you think that people can look out for or what's likely to happen as we head into Chinese New Year? Well, with the capacity coming out of the market, we're definitely seeing some stabilization of the short-term rate market, both on the Trans-Pacific and on the Asia-Europe lane. So rates have, since the beginning of December, I would say, stopped declining at the same rate. They've now stopped declining, I would say, altogether. There have been some attempts by some carriers to put up rates. For the moment, they don't seem to be very substantial and broadly rate levels are stabilizing. And, you know, the question will be, on balance, what do we see happen, uh, let's say, in the first couple of weeks of January? I think it's quite a diverse picture for the moment. So some carriers have held, some carriers have made uh, small increases. Often, as the market stabilizes, you have different players in the market put uh, rate rises out into the market, and then you learn quickly whether or not the demand picture supports a rise in the rates or not. So I would say it's a very much uh, watch this space over the next week to two weeks. But I would say that given the environment that we've seen play out over the last uh, week or two, the um, ability of the carriers to show that they can you know, manage capacity, change the way that services work, that actually now is a good time to start to think about, you know, whilst the spot market has been very attractive, now is a good time to start to think about what the right strategy is for you as a shipper. And so uh, that might, as maybe we'll go on to discuss, you know, very much depend on the nature of your volumes, the stability of your volumes and the pattern of your volumes through the year, and also the extent to which you need certainty and a surety around a service so that if you can't get onto one service, you can get onto another. But I think it very much becomes uh, interesting to start to think about locking in some stability, especially given that we're operating at much lower levels than last year from a budgeting perspective. So, you know, that's a conversation that I think we've already started to have with many customers in December. And I, I, I think will only continue into the new year. And so just for our listeners, and maybe just around your point on rates and diversifying perhaps what people are looking for. And like we said, you know, there's less congestion. So maybe service is improving. But then I hear you saying that capacity is being removed. And therefore, that always has an impact right on the on the quality of service and the level of service that carriers are able to give. Because if you're changing services, removing capacity, etc., there's likely to be some impact there. So moving forward, would a diversified strategy benefit them? And if so, how and how are they able to look into those things in more depth? Yeah, certainly. So I think there's a few things to consider. So one parameter is around space protection and and stability of service. And, you know, if you operate solely in the FAK market, the advantage that you have is that you can, uh, you know, benefit from an array of options. In some cases, the rates in the market might be slightly cheaper than what's on a, you know, a longer term agreement, depending on, uh, you know, the particular month. Uh, as an example. Um, but the disadvantage is that you don't necessarily benefit from space protection from the carrier. And whilst, you know, there might be some concerns around a particular carrier blanking on one loop, most of the carriers are a part of an alliance. 
And so what tends to happen is if you have a space protection relationship with a carrier, you can either go uh, move your cargo on their, let's say, own operated service, or you can move it on the service of one of their partners. And so long as you have space protection and a more stable relationship and agreement, you get um, what they call load list priority. So you get priority in the ranking when you know it comes to look at which cargo they're going to move from the port when there is you know more cargo than the available capacity. And these situations of more cargo than the available capacity you know, happen when a particular service gets blanked or when uh, a port gets omitted at the last minute and you, you get rolled over to another vessel. So if your transit time is important to you, you've got particularly sensitive goods, it starts to become interesting to say, okay, how can I achieve space protection on at least, for example, a percentage of your cargo? So, you know, a diversified strategy to procurement might mean that on a percentage or for some customers, all of their cargo, they want to get some measure of space protection and therefore potentially enter into a longer term contract. The other parameter is around price. And the question, you know, might be, look, now on balance, given the fall in the market, there might still be some risk to the downside on pricing because you know, for example, after Chinese New Year, there could be a deficit of cargo, factories slow to, you know, ramp back up. But broadly, there will be a restocking in 2023. You know, at a certain point, um, businesses will have depleted through stocks and they'll be restocking. And the general consensus on global recession, a reduction in demand for next year is a sort of single digit decline in demand. The much bigger impact that we're seeing now in terms of cargo flow is the fact that businesses have been destocking for a period of months, just not shipping at all. So given that we know that there will be restocking, it becomes a question of, is now a good time to lock in some of my capacity at a fixed rate, even if I don't get the best rate in the market? Does it make sense to de-risk the chance that the market goes up, especially given how high it's been? So I think it's both of those parameters around you know, space protection and around rate that makes it interesting to start to consider a diversified strategy that might still consider some spot space, uh, also because of the blank sailing, some ability to be more versatile and move across carriers, but that might look at you know, locking in an agreement on some of the volumes. And I think you know, whilst maybe the last few months it's made much more sense to ride the the market, the softer market down and to be on the spot market, it now, you know, makes sense to look at how you can have a, a longer term relationship. And particularly because if the market does change in dynamic, you know, that support that you'll have uh, given working with a partner, uh, you know, should help you to be supported in that more difficult market environment. So I'm, what I'm hearing you saying is there needs to be somewhat of a more strategic approach to the rates where we have a more diversified approach and certain volumes of cargo can be dedicated to different forms of stability, service, rate, uh, etc. So based on whatever the customer needs for those particular shipments. And so around that, how is the shipper able to best prepare for that particular strategy, i.e. what tools are available to him to be able to nail that? Yeah, 100%. So I think everyone out there, you know, will have just gone through an annual budgeting process. And if you haven't, you'll be furiously hitting shift F9 on your spreadsheets, uh, you know, trying to make all those formulas work and report up to your boss about what, what's going to happen in 2023. And part of that is uh, you know, your sales forecast, part of that is 
what you think is going to be sold, whether it's in stores online to your business to business customers. But part of that is also understanding your supply chain volumes and what you've ordered from your factories and, and what that means for the capacity that you need during the year and the seasonality of that demand. And it always helps to have a good forecast and to understand your forecast also at the level of, you know, what is stock that I'm always going to order? You know, what is stock that has um, limited seasonality? It's unlikely to change. And I really believe in this forecast. And what is stock that maybe has more risk around it? And I think if you have a, a forecast that you have some faith in, you can work very closely with your freight partner, with your freight forwarder, with the carriers, and you can work out, you know, really what makes the most sense for you. And where you have a surety of a certain, you know, amount of volume that's going to move month in, month out, I think that's where it becomes interesting, you know, to use that surety to lock in an agreement, to lock in a relationship, to get some advantage when it comes to space protection, et cetera. And, uh, you know, where you've got peaks and troughs, um, you know, then there might be an opportunity to, to be a bit more agile with that capacity. That's really very much the approach that we're adopting with our customers. I think the other thing that you can do is to think about contingencies for different scenarios. Like what would you do if you, you know, you needed more capacity or for example, if you didn't have as much volume as, as you were planning, or if for whatever reason, the supply chain became disrupted again, because, you know, we've seen uh, our fair share of mega disruptions to the supply chain over the last couple of years. And the big watch out that, you know, I think we'd be amiss, you know, if we didn't talk about on this on this podcast is what's going on in China with COVID um, and the changes in the lockdown rules. And a lot of people are saying, hey, you guys have been talking about an easy supply chain market, less disruption, uh, back to normal. And hey, you know, there's a big watch out here. What's going on in China? And um, certainly, you know, this is something to look at and something to think about. And if you haven't been following, uh, the Chinese government has issued a 10 point directive, really instructing the different regions to ease COVID restrictions and demonstrating that the zero COVID stance is really waning in popularity and that there's really a change of positioning where, you know, people are now no longer re required to um, quarantine when, you know, traveling between regions or to submit a negative test. And quarantine uh, happens at home, uh, you know, rather than in, in government facilities. And that's led, of course, to um, a real surge in cases in China that we're starting to see now. And on our, you know, daily call with our teams out there, uh, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are catching COVID. For the most part, in my experience so far, symptoms have been mild, although there is, of course, you know, higher proportion of uh, elderly uh, unvaccinated in China. And so it's, it is a significant risk factor. Our base case, our base case kind of at Zencargo for the moment is that whilst we do think that Chinese New Year um, will mean a large surge in cases, people are moving around. It's, uh, you know, one of the, uh, you know, largest movements of people anywhere in the world every year, the Chinese uh, New Year holiday. We don't think it will create global supply chain disruption. So there could be reduction in um, available factory capacity, you know, workers who are sick. Um, but we are operating in an environment where, you know, the demand picture is weak and factories are looking for work. And so, you know, we think to some extent there'll be some offsetting effects there. And on top of that, we don't anticipate any significant surge in demand like we saw last time, you know, out of the end markets. So it, it's really very much a different story to the last time around. But I, you know, I wouldn't want to say 
that one should be blind to you know what's going on and i think we need to monitor the situation extremely carefully and of course if you're ordering from china you'll be in touch with your factories you'll understand their picture and of course you know you need to understand your own demand picture and when you're looking to restock but i would say that you know that's one of the big watchouts in the new year but for the moment our base case is 2023 should be an easier year than 2022 and we don't see that the change in chinese you know covid policy it should not likely create significant global supply chain disruption okay so some caution in being optimistic i think would be the general takeaway that i'd get from that so remaining agile both on the rate front drill into those forecasts to make sure uh, you can leverage as much value from them both in terms of partnerships with your forwarder and then with your carrier look out for service levels and yes watch this space i would say so thanks again richard so much for being with us thank you so much marina thanks again to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of freight to the point and don't forget to like and subscribe to our show if you have any feedback on this episode please don't hesitate to reach out on linkedin and until next time goodbye